Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. I have an amazing guest here with me today. Donna, how are you? I'm doing great. You? I'm doing absolutely fabulous on this fine day. It is so wonderful to see you. I just can't wait to hear your story and everything that you're about and all that you're up to in the world. So thank you so much and welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast. I'm super pumped. Oh my God, it's an honor to have you. <laughs> We're just having fun. That's all it is. So I like to start off with the most loaded question possible, which is what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? Oh gosh. So I guess I started this journey when I was 24. I started working with a guy named Russ Whitney. He's the leader of the seminar industry in the real estate world. And I worked with him on his sales team. And then from there, until a couple of years ago, I still worked with that company. It just sort of went all over the place. And just seeing all the different trainers and all the different speakers and all the different gurus and people that inspired other people made me want to, you know, inspire people too. So that's sort of where I, I got the idea of doing what I'm doing. I absolutely love that, Donna. I absolutely love that. Yeah, you've worked mm-hmm. with some greats and you've done a lot of amazing things for sure. But I'm going to yeah. really a little bit for you because I really want to hear <laughs> Donna's story. So question for you, what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? A singing, dancing, acting police officer. So that's apparently what I wanted to be. No way. Could be further (laughs) from what I am. So yeah. That's amazing. And and who or what inspired you from like a very early age? I would say my dad is my biggest inspiration. He started off in a factory and at the age of 32, he came up with this brilliant idea. He became an accountant in the mail, which was crazy. And he started doing management of uh, fishermen's taxes. We're from Newfoundland, and that's a primarily like a fishing community. And no one was targeting fishermen. So he did that, and that's how he sort of got his start. So he's always been a massive inspiration to me. I'm very similar to him. We're very entrepreneurial in our mindset, very stubborn, lots of pluses and negatives and minuses, but you know, you get to roll with it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that story. I mean, me, I'm, I'm a daddy's girl with like times a thousand. So for me, it's like my dad has <laughs> always been my cheerleader, my everything, you know, since I was, since I was young, Babe, you're not going to need any man. They're going to need you. You know, like he'd be mm-hmm. like, Full egg on. And it sounds like your dad's pretty much similar to mine in that way. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. yeah. They're like our biggest cheerleaders and it's the greatest, the greatest blessing in the world. But we realize how much they influence us later in life. Right. Because at the time I was always like, oh, you know, so I started um, at my parents' restaurant when I was about 10 because I was just trying to hang out with my dad. And so, yeah. you know, then I got plugged into the business world and then my dad started treating me like an employee. And so I would get so angry with him. I'm like, dad, I'm trying to go to like the middle school dance. Can I just go to the dance and be a normal kid? And he's like, no, you're sorry. You know, you're <laughs> right but those lessons don't shine through until way later and you realize like they built you for this right 100 for sure all those lessons and absolutely everything what a gift that's absolutely amazing and now early in your career like how did this all start like how did you even get into the real estate investing space with russ whitney 
Yeah. So I was actually in dental school. So I was in a completely different field. My friend Julie worked for Russ Whitney's company here in Canada. They just opened up a division. And she said to me, do you really want to be looking in people's mouths for the rest of your life? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. So she's like, come to this event. It was a free two hour seminar. And I want to show you what I do. And I did. And I sat there and she's like, why don't you just join? And like, we can travel all Canada together and like, whatever. So I did. And I put medical school off for a year. And that year ended up being um, over 20 now. So that's amazing. So now yeah, med school, what inspired you in that route? I love anything to do with oral hygiene. I think that the mouth is the window to the soul. Forget about the eyes. You know, the teeth are so important. So uh, yeah, I was just really intrigued by it. And um, I, I did really great in, in school. And I wanted to take that path. But I'm so thankful that I didn't, to be honest with you. Right. So I want to peel the onion on that one a little bit, because I think it's super important, right, where we think we're destined for something. And like, we start a journey that we think we're meant to be on. And then all of a sudden, we pivot, right. And this mm-hmm. happens in our lives tremendously. And I feel like a lot of listeners, anyone who's listening right now, and a lot of people are going through that right now. I mean, I went through it myself going from real estate development, where I was super highly successful, and then transferring into like a coaching and consulting space, which I was like, what the hell is this? Right? Not like, not like, what the hell is this? But it's like, it's a totally different skill set. Yeah, it's for over, right? And it's like, I know how to do great for myself. Now I'm like, crap, how do I build it? You know, so, so it's a, it's a scary thing when you know, like you start this path and you're like, I'm comfortable here. I am very, very comfortable here. I do not want to go there. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, it's like this mental thing. So I really want to peel the onion on that a little bit and just really hear your experience and your thought process on how you went from that and then really shifted into something different. Because I think a lot of people are struggling with that right now, whether they want to, or they're being forced to, um, given their life circumstances. So if you could kind of fill us in on on what happened there and really how, how you process through it. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest fear for me was, was telling my family, telling my parents, right? Because they had this idea of what I was going to be, but it was actually so easy. I just sort of said, you know, I'm not really sure. And they're like, well, if you're not sure, then follow your heart. And my dad has always said to me, find something that you love to do and the money will come to you. And so I started doing these events and we got to travel and I love traveling. I traveled the world literally from the age of 24 to 36. I've been everywhere in every single state in the US, obviously all over Canada, except for the territories I've only been like to one, but anyways, all over Europe. I lived in England for 12 years, Australia for two years. So for me, I'm glad I did what I did. It was super hard at the time because because you have an idea of where your life should be. And when you make that shift or that change, it's the unknown. Like being a dentist would have been a secure position. I would have known exactly my day in and day out. Whereas being in sales or then eventually in operations, it is sort of all over the place. There's no guarantees, you know, and obviously with the pandemic, there was really no guarantees with live live events. So that would have been crazy. But yeah, I, I just think if anyone's going for this right now, just follow your heart and not the dollar signs. And I think a lot of people do follow the money as opposed to doing it the other way around. 
Right. And this is, this is a perfect example of like how one decision can change your whole life. Right. I tell people and like, I'm like, guys, one decision could make your whole life, make it shift. Right. For you, you made that decision to move on to this journey, this career journey. And it's like, look at where you've got to travel. Look at all the beautiful people you've met. Like, can you imagine Donna, like not having done that? Like now no. you ever met, like, how many people would you not have met? Oh my gosh. Like my whole business was based on networking and who I've met, you know? So I would have had a, a different life for sure. One that wouldn't have fulfilled me. I know that now. Right. And like the fact that you followed your heart and kind of went with that, which I love what you mentioned with that. Yeah. times we get caught up. I mean, you know, we get caught up in, in life, right? When we really sit here and think about it, we're like, guys, we are like this lifetime, like the money does not come with you. Right. But like the memories, the legacy, the people you meet, the people you touch, the places you see, like all of those things, like just enhance life in, in such a way that's indescribable. And it's like, you want to play small or play big. You got to kind of, if you view it as a risk, it's really not. But the, the risk I see is if you don't follow the life of your dreams, if you don't listen to yourself, what's going to happen at the end of life when you say, oh, I wish this like, right. That is horrifying to me. Horrifying. 100%. Yeah. I love what you shared with that, that you were like, hey, you know, just follow your heart. Like, let's let's rock and roll. And then the rest kind of unfolded. Because sometimes we seem to think like, all right, well, you know, this is all big and scary, but it's like, it's just one step and it'll lead you a whole different direction. That's amazing that your parents encouraged you on that though. Big time, like to follow your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful to have such great supporting parents. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, they played a huge role in that. Cause imagine if they had said to you, Donna, like, like disappointment, right. Shown disappointment. Oh, you're not going to med school or whatever. And I think that some people face those societal pressures, if you will. And it's like, would you have any advice on how to break that? Like any sort of like mindset or thought process or anything that maybe helped you during that time when you did make the transition that kind of enabled you to pull forward? Honestly, like if I had if my family had said something opposite, if they had said, no, you have to stay in school, I probably would have done the first year. And, you know, just out of being a, a doting daughter, right? Like wanting to make sure that I'm, I don't disappoint my family. Um, I was only, I was a kid, I was only 24, right? So although I had a, a major rebellious streak, I still wanted to make sure like my family was happy, right? But I know I probably would have just failed out of school because I, my heart wasn't in it. As much as I love like dentistry, I, my personality type is definitely more networking and I love sales and I love connecting with people and I love supporting people and helping them get to where they want to go. And although I could have done that a little bit in dentistry, like making sure that their teeth were perfect and they smile and they feel confident, it wasn't enough for me. So I think if somebody is in a situation where they're in a transition phase, they really need to think of both sides and they need to see if they stay where they are, what are they going to look like in five years? Are they going to be where they want to be? Is that, is that the goal that they want? Is, is that the life that they want? And if not take the risk. And if you fail, at least you tried, you know, you can always try again. You could always go back to your other plan too, right? There's, you know, if, if I failed doing sales and I went on the road and I didn't like it, school wasn't going anywhere. I could have gone back if I wanted to. So I think people need to understand it's not just like one decision that you make and that's it. Right. You can make a zillion decisions, you know, it doesn't make a difference. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love it. Thank you for sharing that, Donna. You know, I know yeah. 
heard of so many people that are just going through it right now. And I'm just like, wow, this is an important one. (laughs) Yeah. Super important. And I mean, you've had an amazing journey, right? Through all that that you just mentioned, like traveling the world for basically what, 12 years straight? Yeah, pretty much. So, so we did the road crew in Canada and then I actually uh, was transferred. Yeah, I was transferred to the UK and then I helped open up their division there and I lived there for 12 years. And within the UK, we actually traveled all throughout Europe. We spent a lot of time in South Africa. I helped open up the division in South Africa and then two years in Sydney because we opened up the division there. So with, so it started off as Russ Whitney, it then went to Tigrant Learning, then went to Legacy Education. They went private to public. So it all changed and everything got crazy. And I left that company eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And started my own little consulting business. <laughs> oh my goodness. So then there's another one going from a big organization to starting your own. That is, yeah. I'm sure that was a definitely a transition as well. Walk me through yeah. that. Yeah, sure. So that was probably the hardest year of my life. So I was engaged to a guy in the UK and everything was going great. I had a booming career. I was doing so well. And then one day, everything just crumbled. I had a bit of an altercation with the new CEO of the company. He won. And, uh, and so I, I walked away from that company. And at the time, I was heartbroken because that was my life for so long. And it was wrongful dismissal and things were settled and that was fine. But I'm glad it happened because it gave me the opportunity to open this new company. At the same time, my engagement also ended. And so I'm in the UK. I don't have this job anymore. I'm sitting there going, you know, my parents are aging. I haven't lived in Canada for so long. My sister is like, okay, you got to come home. Like I need help with mom and dad. Come home, spend time with your niece. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to come home. So I literally packed up my flat. I put some stuff in storage and I just said, adios. And I flew back to Canada and for like, Four months, I lived in my sister's basement until I got my feet on the ground again. I started, I had to wait some time, um, part of the agreement that I signed with the company. And then I started doing some consulting for seminar businesses. I went out and did some sales for seminar businesses. And then I sort of went into more of a COO position for a couple of companies as well. Bought a house, did a complete renovation. So it was an absolute hole and brought it down to the studs, fixed it up flipped it. Like I started doing all the things that I was teaching people for so many years and putting it into play while, you know, still running this business, this consulting business and doing some events. And then when I wasn't looking, I met somebody else and then we had a baby, you know? So everything just sort of happens for a reason. Like if I had stayed in the UK with that partner at that job, I wouldn't have been home here in Canada to help my parents that were aging, to be a little closer to my niece, to have that awesome house to flip it. Like I wouldn't have had those experiences either. So at the time that was a very hard decision for me to come back home, but the best thing it could have happened. That's amazing. Donna. Thank you so much for sharing that too. I mean, like that's not, it's not easy to get vulnerable. I commend you for that, but like there's moments in our lives that are really trying. We've all been through them. That's the underdog moment I would say for you, but again, you followed your heart. You Yes, absolutely. Which is so magical. Like you were just like, you know what? And, and another thing that I really respect about you is the fact that you actually went back and you were humble enough to do that. Some people let their ego get away of a lot of things, right? So like if it was me with my hard-headed self, 
five years ago, I'd be like, no, I'm staying here. I'm going to own it. No, 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 knowing darn well, like that's not where I was supposed to be. Right. Again, the ego, right. But you had the heart to say, no, I'm going to go back. I'm going to start over. I'm going to refresh. I'm going to do that. Right. So I love that, that you did that. And you really humbled yourself to say, Hey, we're going to start from ground zero. We're going to rebuild. Yeah. I mean, after, after the ending of an engagement, like my wedding was planned. That was probably harder for me than losing the job at the time. Right. So being back home and being with family was great. I think that was definitely an underdog moment. I think the bigger underdog moment for me actually happened in 2020. Mm. So I got back to Canada. We have this beautiful home now. I had a little baby boy and then I just gave birth to a baby girl. Nine days after the state of emergency, she was born. So I had a serious pandemic baby here, right? And then two weeks after that, my last client, like I had lost three of my clients, my last client pulled the trigger because he couldn't work with me because there was no events. And I was a live event specialist. You know, I taught people like how to expand into new countries. And these are the things that I was doing with my clients. So I'm sitting there with a newborn baby and a two and a half year old son in the middle of a pandemic and my husband couldn't go to work. He works in the, it's like, so it was just absolutely crazy. That was probably one of the hardest times because I sort of pigeonholed myself into being part of a live event seminar space. Mm-hmm. And although I have a ton of network and like, you know, contacts, it was scary. So I was feeding my daughter at three in the morning and Rohan, she who owns uh, Grow Rev, was online and we had never met face to face. He was connected to me through a mutual friend named Steve. And I had actually transferred a a few of my clients that I was working with over to his marketing firm and they had great success. He had a, a daughter a month before me. So he was up feeding her, right? So we're both like half asleep and I'm like, hey bud, what's up? And he's like, hey, how was your day? And I'm like, honestly, it was a pretty hard day today. And he's like, oh no, what happened? And I'm like, I lost my last client. And he's like, well, that's great news. And I'm like, why? He's like, I'll send the paperwork over in the morning. I'd love to have you on the team. And that's literally how I transitioned from an operational role in the seminar world over to a business development and strategic partnership role within GrowRev, a marketing firm when I wasn't even in marketing at all. You know, so it really is about who you know, and that the connections that you make with people. He took a chance on me and I will be eternally grateful. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, I I love though that again, like your vulnerability and your willingness to like show what you're going through. You know what I mean? Like, had you not reached out and been like, no, today was a real ass of a day. (laughs) Like, you know, it was terrible. And, but again, like if you've got that ego, like I say this a lot because I had a huge ego before, right. Then business has humbled, life has humbled me in, in ways that you know, being vulnerable and being authentic. I think that's the most important thing. I think the way that you speak to your authenticity is really amazing because you're able to stay truthful with the things that you're going through. And oftentimes what we find is people are like, oh no, life's great. It's great. And then they like bury themselves outside and kind of are like, shit, (laughs) you know, like I actually need some help here, but they're too afraid to ask. Right. So for you, had you not said today was crap, he would have never said Yeah. I'll send you papers in the morning. Like how cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty awesome. I mean, I think everyone's really nervous to ask for help. I mean, I am still, but just like taking chances, what do you have to lose? Like the person's going to say, I I can't help you. Well, okay. You know, and I live my life trying to help others. And I think you and I really connected and that's how our connection actually grew because 
I reach out to you and I just said, if you need help, just reach out to me. And you're like, if you need help, reach out to me. And it's like, no one ever really says that to me. Like, you know, they always want something, right? Like, oh, if you can connect me with this person, I can help you. And it's like, you didn't want anything for me. And that was just so cool because I do that all the time. I don't want anything from anyone because it will come back to you later on. I feel that anyway. No, I do too. Well, that's the beauty of like being a giver, right? And you just get expectations just do your thing like and just continue to do that I mean your journey though I love so much because it's just like your authenticity throughout the process I think is really what inspires me and what I admire quite a bit and I mean like transitioning from like in the COVID time I mean that's just and and while being a new mom like what was that like and like yeah give us us also some tips here on how you transition into a basically new career and then also of course a two-year-old plus a newborn, like, my goodness, that's a superpower strength right there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it was weird. I don't know how it was where where you were. But here in Toronto, it was really strange. Like it was locked down crazy. Like, it was nuts. So we didn't leave the house. Like I, I had a new baby and no one saw her for three months. Basically, my dad and my mom would come to the house and like, Actually, my mom, like I moved her in because she was by herself and we didn't want her being alone. So we moved her in a couple of weeks prior to, but my dad would come to the door and like, look in the glass and like, I'd hold the baby, you know, it was just crazy. Now looking back on it, I'm like, oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. That was a, a really trying time for any parent, I think, or somebody that was alone, not even a parent, just somebody that was just by themselves in their house. Like I can't even imagine how sad that would have been too. But although I was super busy learning a new skill with Rohan and and the team, I actually also wanted to, one of the things that I learned during this process was I don't want to be just relying on one thing. So although I have real estate, so it gives me multiple streams of income, I wanted to think of something else and I wanted to follow a bit of a passion and get my creativity out. So I started a clothing line. So why not? Right. So I've always really loved designing stuff. I'm not a, I I can't draw, but I work with a a great couple of artists. They're also moms. So I, I work with all ladies uh, that are doing this as their side hustle while they're raising their families. And it's all bamboo. So it's all eco-friendly. It's super soft on your skin. It's really uh, great for problematic skin, like people that have eczema or eczema. And yeah, so I started that on the side as well as learning a new skill, which has been pretty amazing. And that I opened up March the 24th, uh, 2021. It took me almost a year to find the manufacturing team to create everything, all the designs, the size charts. And I know nothing about like that. Like this is completely new. So I did a lot of research and yeah, I've been doing that for, it's almost 17 months now, which has been just mind blowing. That's amazing. (laughs) Not only are you a new mom and then you have a two-year-old already and you also have another business that you basically like work in and consulted. And then now you add in a totally different industry, a new business in a totally different industry and juggling. How does that work? (laughs) It it, it was a lot. Honestly, I, I'm glad I did it, but looking back, oh my goodness, I would be up until like three in the morning. My kids would go to sleep. I would be working till three. My daughter would wake up at four 30 and then again at six. So like, it was just nuts. I have a very supportive partner. So thankfully he just, you know, manages the kids when he's home, but he works out of the house. So it's, um, it's, it's been hard. And, and thank God for my mom. Honestly, my mom has been such a huge support and so helpful with my kids. So yeah, thankful for my family again. 
That's amazing. And like, what piece of advice would you give to an entrepreneur who's looking to start something completely different, like in a completely different industry that they know nothing about? Like for you, you said you're like, I have no idea about clothing, but I'm going to start it anyway. Yeah. So, okay. The passion uh, for the clothing line came because I have a son named Hank and my daughter's name is Fallon. And I love like matching them. And I think it's so cute that they like, all like, not like exactly the same, but very similar. And I couldn't find any, any cute stuff for boys. There's a ton of cute dresses for girls, but there was really nothing cute for boys. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to make some stuff. And so that's where this passion came. So I think for anyone that is starting something new, like I said before, find something that you love to do and the money will come to you. And so I invested probably 60,000 for the very first run of the clothing line. So you do have to have some funds, whether you get them hard money or if you have them or whatever, and really work on your, your marketing plan. I spent a lot of months with the marketing plan. Thank God for GrowRev. They were super helpful and yeah, just really find out who your competitors are and what they're doing and don't copy them, but maybe see what works and just make it better. And that's sort of what I've been trying to do over the past uh, 17 months, just taking something that works, that looks like it's working and then just improve it, make it better. There's no, there's no point in reinventing the wheel if something's working. I mean, it's baby clothes or adult clothes, like, you know, it's close. You can't really <laughs> reinvent it. So That's amazing. I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing that, Donna. And now what would be your biggest piece of advice for mom entrepreneurs, right? So moms who are entrepreneurs mm. that, you know, whether they have one business or multiple, what, what's your, your best piece of advice there? Let go of the mom guilt. That's my best piece of advice. It's really hard. You can't do everything. You're one person. And that's whether they have a business or just a mom in general. You know, there's times where my son will be home and I have no choice but to take a, a call. I, I need to, to talk on the phone to a client or something. And you do feel bad. You're like, oh, he's sitting in front of his TV or he's, you know, doing whatever. But it's 20 minutes. And then after that, you know, you can engage or do something. Like you have to be able to manage your expectations. You cannot do everything and you need to also make time for yourself. So being an entrepreneur, being a mom of two small kids is super hard. And maybe don't be like me, don't take on everything. That's the advice I should give myself, but you know, just take your time and get rid of the mom guilt. That's what I would tell anyone. I love that. Thank you so much for that, Donna. And now for the deeper question, this one's one of my absolute favorites. So what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? And it could be anything, whatever comes to mind. To not worry so much about things that don't work out. Like the amount of tears I had over things that didn't work out from losing my job, you know, the end of my engagement, all those things. Just cut it and walk away because there's so many new things on the horizon that are better for you. I know we all get caught up in, in things that we, we wish, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda kind of thing. We have to let those go because they are literally sucking the joy out of our lives. So that would be the number one thing I would tell my younger self. Just let that shit go. I absolutely love that. I know we get stuck in our minds some like so often. And how, what is yeah. it with women and overthinking? Because men are the, my experience. I could be totally wrong. I don't like they just go out and they do. Meanwhile, I'm here like my husband's like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and do it. And I'm like, but what about this, this, and this? You know, like the what ifs and all of that. And you're just like, why? 
<laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. I don't know. Men are like that though. Definitely. They just like, don't think about it and just, just go and do it. And I'm just like, you know, I've been learning to be more assertive in, in that realm. And I just like, try not to think and just go, you know, which can be dangerous sometimes. <laughs> that was my early entrepreneurial career. Like just go. Now I'm much more like risk averse, right? Like it's like, oh, I'm going to put my time into here. We'll put my time into here. Like what's gonna, you know? So it's super, super, super interesting to see like the different patterns. But I say like a lot of women that I talk to, they're like, I'm just stuck in overthink and I can't get over it. What would be some advice that you'd give on that? I'm not great at giving advice on that because I am also an overthinker. I think really though, like I'm also a Libra. So I have a lot of things against me here. I'm an overthinker and I'm indecisive. Like, so these are all things I'm, I'm working on. Personal growth and development, right? I think once you have an idea, once you're ready, I think just pull the trigger and go for it. And if it doesn't work out, let that shit go. That's literally how I'm trying to live my life right now. I have a really amazing friend named Bethany and she used to see me work so freaking hard when I was in the UK. Like I would come in earlier. Well, she would be there super early, but she would leave early, but I would stay late. Right. And I would, I would be constantly on my phone working. It was so annoying. And she would say to me, Donna, on your deathbed, you're not going to look back and say, Oh God, I wish I worked harder. I wish I worked longer hours. You're going to be like, I wish I had traveled more. I wish I had done this, that, and the other. So stop wishing that and start doing that. And so that's another thing like that has been stuck in my head for years. And mm. I, I try to at least take my family on three vacations a year, you know, take them like we're going to Disney at the end of October. My kids have no idea. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah. You know, just try to take time for yourself and your family. And I, that's all I got. I overthink everything too. <laughs> no, that's what, that's what's up though. I mean, I really love that, that you're like, you know, you're, you're prioritizing the things that are super important to you, like the family and all that stuff. And I, I can't even imagine your kids faces when they go to Disney, like they're going to be pretty cool. Oh yeah. mine. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I remember being a teenager going to the Disney for the first time and I almost lost my, I was like, I love it. Such a child. You just go there and you're just like, it refreshes you, you know, for whatever reason, Disney should be paying us right now for this. <laughs> I know we're actually, okay. So grow rev is going to Orlando in September and the event is like right by Disney and universal. So I'm super excited because I'm like one night I'm going to sneak out from the event and like go to Universal because my kids won't be there. So it'll just be me. And I haven't had anything like that, like some sort of a fun night out, like at a theme park. How cool. So I'm just. That's like me too. Just put me at a theme park. I, I, I will entertain myself. I'll find a, I'll find yeah. a, I totally feel you. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. So Donna, what's up in your world in like the next three to six months? Like what's new, what's happening aside from universal one night after you're at the event in September? <laughs> yeah. Well, traffic and conversion, I believe that's uh, the one that we're going to. I'm super excited. We're going to a Matt Andrews event in Tampa. So I'm excited for that as well. So just really getting out there and networking. You know, I haven't done this since COVID. Like this is my first real trip doing events since all that kicked off. So I'm going back into my element, which I am so excited for. I have to like dust off my old clothes and like, you know, shine those shoes and get out there. I'm, I'm super excited. And so that's the next like month and a half or so. I've got so many things going on with my clothing line right now. I'm doing um, some work with uh, Ronald McDonald House um, and Tim Hortons here in Canada for charity prints. I'm 
all about giving back as well. So we're going to be working with um, those two charities, which is going to be awesome. And yeah, just really focusing on bringing in some new amazing clients to help them with their marketing, trying to help people get them, you know, back into their groove prior to COVID, like they were kicking butt in live events. Now people are still a little bit hesitant. A lot of things have moved online, which is great. So just getting them into that. That's my goal. Just really helping people, you know, doing the charity prints and coming out with some new designs for my clothing line while being a mom and a, and a wife and uh, getting manicures and pedicures once in a while, you know, <laughs> taking care of myself. Is that it? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Boss, straight boss, boss, mom, mom, <laughs> no big deal. That's huge. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Now you've got to let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. So my clothing line is, is called Hanlon H A N L Y N. It's the, my two kids names, Hank and Fallon mixed together. So it's Hanlon Collective, I-V-E at the end, dot com. And anyone that needs anything for marketing or any sort of like operational services, they can just find me at Donna at GrowRev.com, G-R-O-W-R-E-V.com. So GrowRev is uh, one of the largest marketing firms, especially here in Canada, but we manage a ton of traffic in the U.S. as well, all over the world. Amazing. Donna, thank you so much for being here today. It was an honor to hear your story and all that thank you're Thank you. So, so much. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs.